Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys Podcast. Landon, how are you doing today, sir? Good. We're getting closer to another weekend. Hearing some rumblings about a DAC contract maybe inching closer maybe as we've heard maybe, that before maybe, maybe. uh you know we're, we're, we're working our, we're working for the weekend at this point and all while working from home yeah um whenever that prescott's contract is announced my only reaction is gonna be cool what took so long i mean that's yeah. it just seems like it's been a formality now for a year right i mean ever yeah. since he was eligible for a contract extension it just felt like it was gonna get done i wonder um, if it doesn't trigger you know a, a series of signings after that you know i mean just because they could free up some cash so that's the only thing that interests me is what is it what does it potentially free up for more uh, you know going on this year yeah i i think that's an interesting thing um we're gonna get to a lot of your questions today but let's go ahead and start with Dak landon uh this one comes from at clutch cowboy uh what kind of season do you see Dak having this year uh do you think he'll be able to match the numbers he had last year with jason garrett and kellen moore or do you think there's a you know a chance that he takes another step? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think there's certainly a chance that he takes another step. I mean, uh, to me, it you know first year with with Kellen Moore, uh, he took a sizable step there. I think there's still things that he could clean up on um, and you know improve in his game. Uh, I think he got and was comfortable with the way uh, Kellen Moore was calling plays. And I think that, you know, Mike McCarthy is known to be a quarterback guru. We'll see what he can come in here and do with, to help Dak out as well. I, I just think that there, there's definitely – Dak's still a young quarterback, you know. And, and I think that there's still an mm-hmm. uh, opportunity for him to get a little bit better than he is and, and, and continue to kind of climb towards elite, you know. And I, I think that he's – he has that skill set, and he, you know, has the ability to uh, to get there. And I think now you know, he's got a coaching staff around him that that knows how to get to that that la- that extra high rung of, of elite. You know that that that, that the Joe yeah. Montanas and the Brett Fars and guys like Aaron Rodgers and 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 Pat Mahomes kind of occupy right now. I, I think I think he I think he has the ability to get there, and I think he has a coaching staff that knows how to get him there. I also think there's the potential that the talent around him just gets better and that kind of, you know, default by makes him better, right? So, like, for example, I think Gallup is somebody who can still take another step in yeah. year three. Uh-huh. Um, he wasn't healthy for most of the season. You remember he had that knee set surgery. Amari Cooper uh, was banged up all year long. He had the plantar fasciitis in training camp. If he comes back 100% healthy and Gallup plays all 16 games, I think there's a good chance that both those players take a step in the right direction. Um, I think more snaps for Blake Jarwin also is going to make this offense a little bit more uh, dynamic down the field. Maybe some more Tony Pollard. We'll see what they do in the slot, but there's a chance that the talent around Prescott can all get a little bit better, and I think that could also help Prescott be uh, or have a career season this year. Um, let's go to this next one, Landon. Uh, let's kind of turn our attention to the draft. Um, 
This one comes from Magneto. Uh, the Cowboys have historically kind of telegraphed their pick, right? We knew at what point last year that the Cowboys were probably going to take Tristan Hill. Was it like the second week in April? That, I mean, that was kind of when we started to hear that that was their guy, right? Yeah, that sounds right. And we, we've had it. We knew before, like in 2018, uh, that they loved Leighton Van Der Esch, and that was like two or three weeks before that. Do you think the Cowboys will telegraph their pick this year? Or do you think there's a chance that the coronavirus and how that's impacted the league year and the 30 visits and all that stuff, do you think that could maybe make it a little harder to get an, an idea of who the Cowboys could draft? Well, I mean, let's let's not pretend like, you know, we sussed out all these things. Like, usually what happens is, like, I'll take Leighton Van Der Esch, for example, somebody told Brian Broaddus that that was likely going to be the pick, and then Brian Broaddus, sure. not so subtly, uh, you know, informed, well, what about this Leighton Van Der Esch guy that no one's been talking about suddenly, but I'm going to go ahead and change gears a week before the draft and suddenly start talking about, you know, like, that's that's the level of, uh, you know, telegraphing is... Well, I was going to say, here's the thing. You've got a lot of people that cover this team, yeah. a lot of people, more than any other team in football. And a lot of people, I think, in that front office like to talk about who they like in the draft. So I, I wouldn't be surprised this year if we don't have quite the same conviction as to where they might go. But if by the time we get to, let's say, April 15th, if we got it maybe narrowed down to two or three guys, right? That that seems kind of realistic. I guess what I'm getting at is that the, the, the sauce, the, 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 uh, the parameters that are, are required for us to get the information in order for the pick to be tipped, they haven't gone anywhere. <laughs> like no, no. It, the, all it takes is Will McClay picking up the phone and and chatting with Brian Broaddus and Broaddus going on the radio and saying, "Oh, what about this guy that no one's talking about?" You know, you and think so they do this on purpose. You think the Cowboys front office does this on purpose to kind of ease fans into who they're selecting? I wonder. Or are they, since, just, are I, they just chatty? I wonder sometimes if if you know they. I mean, I know that they probably read the kind of national mock drafts and laugh, and I, I wonder if there isn't like a point where they think oh these guys are so far off what our thinking is that we need to kind of maybe pre spin this so that people understand the pick and aren't just furious without you know because that's the thing is that the reason people are furious is because they don't understand it you know and 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 when they well that sometimes they draft bad players i mean that that's a part of it too that's pretty rare occurrence <laughs> for this team, to be honest. Though, like, let's—I mean, they—they've drafted some bad players, but they've drafted more good players than the bad. I, I just—I think there's been a—you know—I mean, you know, one of these guys that they reacted like that was Travis Frederick. So, uh, you know, we can we can talk about yeah. you know, good and bad. I mean, Leighton Vander Esch got that, and frankly, you know, short of his neck injury, he's been fantastic. So, I, I do think that. <laughs> More often than right, more often than not, the, the Cowboys front office is more right about these players than the Cowboys fandom. So I, I think sometimes they may need to feel the need to kind of pre-qualify their thinking in order for fans to kind of get on the same page as to why they're going to end up picking X player at seventeen. Just it's what March twenty sixth now. I, I will bet by April fifteenth when we're doing this podcast, we'll have it narrowed down to two guys. I almost guarantee you we'll have it narrowed down to two guys. What do you think? I mean, that would surprise me. I, I don't think yeah. it, it does. It, even without Will McClay whispering to somebody, you, we can get eighty-five percent of the way there. You know, I, yeah. I, I, I yeah. think. Yeah. You know, it's it's when we're not there that you'll start seeing 
I think front office people reaching out and kind of course correcting. It, it might be a little bit more difficult this year because we don't have the same decision makers. Well, I mean, most of the same decision makers, but the coaches carried such a big stick in that front office before that we knew what kind of guys Rod Marinelli liked on the defensive line, right? We knew what kind of guys Jason Garrett liked in you know wide receivers and tight ends. So I think we could we could cross off a lot of names and we could bump up guys that we thought. You know the Cowboys might have some interest. In that. I think but, it's going to be a learning experience, honestly, because sure. I, I think we have an idea of what Jason Garrett and Rod Marinelli liked, but I think that what we aren't aware of is, and I think there's a heavy amount of this, is where those ideas cross pollinate with the people that are still here. You know, like Will McClay liking long corners and that not being necessarily a Chris Bouchard thing, or you know what I'm saying, like those kind of things mm-hmm. where that philosophy was not. You know, we think, oh, this philosophy is leaving with the coaching staff. But that philosophy, whatever it may be, may be something that actually is shared by Will McClay and the rest of the front office. So it it, it may not be leaving. You know what I'm saying? So it'll be interesting to see exactly what does and what doesn't go out the door with the coaching staff. Uh, I also think this year is going to be different because of no 30 visits and all that kind of stuff. Like the guys that they draft this year might not typically be the guys – you know they would normally go after. They they might target guys this year where they have more information on. Maybe it's more seniors this year than usual because yeah. you know they got to see those guys at the Senior Bowl. Uh, but now that I think about it, maybe they don't go after Senior Bowl guys because I don't think any of them were there at the Senior Bowl, were they? Right, Mike McCarthy. Still yeah, back. I mean, I mean, I think they ended up skipping all of that. So I mean, all they sent was scouts. Yeah, uh, it's going to be really interesting. Uh, you did mention one thing about uh, which positions, you know. Maybe the front office likes that the previous coaching staff didn't. Um, I think defensive tackle is one where we'll see a a change in philosophy. You're already seeing it, right? Yeah. The Cowboys oh, yeah. went out and paid Don Terry Poe. They went out and spent money on Gerald McCoy. Uh, I, I we know in the front office that uh, will. I mean, I'm fine saying this. Will McClay doesn't mind having the bigger guys on his team. Maybe they'll be more apt to spending you know, a second or third round pick on a defensive tackle or on a one technique if the right guy falls. So yeah. just something to keep an eye on uh, over the next month. Uh, actually, uh, I think a month from today is the NFL draft, right? Oh, my Today's God. Thursday. Is that right? Oh, yeah. We only have 150 <sighs> players we got to watch over the next month. Okay, cool. Um, cool, 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 cool. Yeah, cool. we'll get it done. Cool, cool, cool. Um, all right, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll answer some more Twitter questions. Guys, we talk about physical fitness all the time, but there's another side of the game that is just as important – I'm talking about mental fitness. Calm, the number one app for sleep and meditation, has teamed up with LeBron James to help you train your mind. LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body. And Calm can help you train your brain so you sleep better, have less stress, and perform at your best. And if you head to calm.com slash locked on, you'll get 40% off a Calm premium membership. Again, that's 40%. With Calm, you'll have access to the nature scenes that LeBron loves, like rain or leaves, and so much more, like sleep stories and meditation. For a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron in using Calm with a 40% discount to an annual membership at calm.com slash lockdown. Unlock content to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better. Get started at calm.com slash lockdown. That's calm.com slash lockdown. All right, Landon, next one is from Jad. Uh, which cornerback do you think would be worth spending the 17th pick on? I'm trying to see if I'd like any at that spot. Uh, I think we're going to be in agreement here, but the only other first-round cornerback aside of 
Jeffrey Akuda that you'd be okay spending a, the the first round pick on would be C.J. Henderson, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I, unless there's a trade down situation, then maybe we could talk about some of the other guys that ends up being down there. But who's your next guy? Who who is the next guy after Henderson? Let me call up those notes real quick. <laughs> I um, mean, for me, it's yeah, probably first. Gladney. But I have concerns about Gladney in terms of his health and his size. But I, in terms of his play, I probably have the least amount of questions. Uh, Christian Fulton scares me. Yeah, um, I, I think I, Fulton. I think Diggs is interesting. but I think Fulton and Gladney are, are touching for me. Um, and... Yeah, I, I definitely would. I definitely probably would be more comfortable with Gladney. I think. Um, yeah, I, I also I don't mind AJ Terrell from Clemson. Yeah, he's, he's the other guy interesting, too. But. Yeah, that's the thing. I really like cornerback in the second round. Like, if I can't get CJ Henderson, I, I think that there's some good options at 51. If you can get Terrell, I mean, I don't mind Fulton at 51. I don't mind I, if Gladney were able to fall. That'd be mm-hmm. amazing. Um, Diggs is another. Diggs is another guy. I don't yeah. know if you've seen him yet, but 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 I but I Diggs. like I like him there. You know, what I'm saying I'm good with him there. Yeah. There's a, there's a there's a whole class of these you know of these cornerbacks that I, I think at 51 would be a lot more palatable than anyone other than C.J. Henderson at 17. All right, let's go to this next question because it kind of ties into it. This one from Eric: What happens if the Cowboys miss out on Fulton and Henderson in the first round? It almost feels like they are prime candidates for trading up to secure one of those first-round cornerbacks uh, should they not get to number 17. So, like, for example, let's say there's a cornerback run between picks 18 and 25. Uh, could you see the Cowboys trying to get back up into the later part of the first round to grab a corner? Like, would you be okay giving a second and third to go get, like, a, a Diggs or a Gladney? Uh... I don't know. I, I, I mean, um, no, I don't know that I would. First rounder feel it feels a little too rich. Now, yeah. if you're t- if there's t- like only two guys left and you're at pick forty four, I could see a trade up then, right? If you need to get up to forty four, forty five to go get one of those guys, I could see that. Uh, yeah, getting I mean, up to thirty one, thirty two seems rich. Yeah, like a third round pick seems rich. Like I, I, I wouldn't mind trading my fourth to get a guy that I liked, but I, I don't know that I like these guys so much more than you know what I've got in house. To be honest, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, and that's kind of that's kind of what I feel like. It's uh, like if I get if I get Diggs, who I, I think has the potential to be a really good corner, is he going to be? Dramatically better than Wuzier yeah, in the next two three years, and that's the thing is that it's 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 one of those it, you come up upon this a lot where we don't need depth at this point. No, we, no, no, we, we don't. need we would need a a, a top starter. So it, unless you get C.J. Henderson or Akuda, I'm I'm probably out on the draft. As yeah, far as I, I kind of feel that way, you know, like I don't know that there's there's like a lot of benefit to i mean i if if the right guy fell to you at 51 and he's the top guy great i'm still taking him just because you can never have enough good corners but i'm certainly not trading up and reaching for a guy who i think is probably talent wise equal to a woozy or, or jordan lewis frankly okay and that that leads me to this question knowing that a team like atlanta really needs a cornerback 
would you be okay giving up a third or fourth round pick to jump them, even to go to like you know fifteen or fourteen to secure C.J. Henderson? Probably. I think that's something we need to at least start considering. If he happens to get to fourteen or fifteen, and let's say the options are Chase on is you know maybe the last available guy, I don't think I would be opposed to giving up your fourth to move up two spots. No. I don't think so either. Just be, and, and really, you could, just, if you had to, you could trade one of those compensatory comp picks, comp picks from yeah. next year, right? The third. I mean, well, those yeah. those will be yep. announced by next by then, won't they? Uh, I don't. I don't know if they'll be announced, but I know you can trade them the future comp picks. Um, you know, you can tra- you can trade them now. Uh, now they're just not official yet, and they could potentially be a third or fourth rounder, but. Um, yeah, they they've now allowed you to trade future comp picks even before they're announced. Yeah, I, I would um, I wouldn't have a problem with that. I, I'm I think I'm starting to get there with you. Um, this next one comes from Wayne Landon. Um, Mike McCarthy during that feature, I believe it was with Peter King. Uh, he mentioned how much he admired the San Francisco offense this year. Uh, Wayne wants to know: Could you see the Cowboys targeting somebody like a Debo Samuel? I mean, that type of player to run the screens, the jet sweeps uh, in Dallas. I, I don't think it's probably Tavon because I think they probably want to get somebody with a little bit more size there. Um, Wayne mentions Devin Duvernay, but I've got a different name I want you to think about. And I don't even know if you've seen him yet. Um, but LaVishka Chenault yeah, from Colorado I've seen Chenault. is yeah, yeah, very similar in terms of what he can do on the field, you know, with Debo, right? It's the he's a bigger version of Debo, but that type of athlete. If he is there at pick fifty-one, would you be open to that? Probably not, because I have that guy already. I think. Uh, sorry, I was doing a stretch. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I think. Who do you think it is? I think that name is uh, Tony Pollard. You know, like I, I think that this is this is the role Maybe, yeah. that you should be thinking about with a guy like Tony Pollard, a bigger guy can catch the football, runs, you know, drags across the field, be an outlet, be a screen guy. You know, difficult to bring down when he has the football, runs like a running back. Uh, you know, yeah, sure, you could easily go out and get a Lavishka Le- Chenault. You could easily go out and get a, a. I'm trying to think. I mean, really, a lot of these. Uh, guys that you see, even some of the later round guys, are they're not dynamic to get the football to. But if you get the football in their hands, they can run like they're running backs, right? Like that's that's not a hard uh, position to find, especially in the modern college football, because you have so many of these mm. converted, you know, high school running backs who basically become like I, you know, I, I we're watching wide receivers right now. How I'm watching KJ Hill last night. Uh, I mean, Marcus, what percentage of KJ Hill's routes do you think start out with him widening out and going outside instead of actually going up the field? You know what I'm saying? Like uh, less, less than James Prochet. I will say that. But 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 <laughs> I mean, yeah, exactly. Those two are the same guy essentially, right? They're do, both just basically doing that. I, I think that is if you're talking about a guy. You know, and both of those guys to me look like running backs. I I think that the upgrade on that guy, Lovishka Schnault, is a running back who runs you know slight routes. It's almost kind of like a, a Sammy Watkins or someone coming out of college. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that Pollard's already that guy. 
You know, I, I think he can run the basic route tree. I think you can spend this offseason having him run even more of the route tree. And then I think, you know, he can be a guy that you get on the field and you run jet sweeps to, you run the reverses to. I mean, I was watching a game the other night and, and he and he took like three, you know, the, the kind of uh, jet sweep shotgun flips from Dak across the field and was running it up upfield. And it's like... He's already kind of doing that in this offense. I think he's probably better than all of those guys, <laughs> honestly, even LaVisca sure. Chenault, uh, at least at this point. So I, I think instead of trying to like spend a draft pick on that, like this, this is a guy we have in-house. Let's just use what we've got. Yeah, I was going to just mention a couple other names that could probably do uh, that type of role. If, you, if you're just looking for that type of receiver. Uh, Lynn Bowden from Kentucky, who played quarterback, running yeah. back, wide receiver there. Kind of the same body type, right? He's like 5'10", 205. Uh, he's interesting. Uh, John Hightower, who we'll talk about tomorrow uh-huh. from Boise State. He does a lot of the jet sweeps, but he also can make plays down the field. So he's probably a little different uh, than some of these other guys. Uh, and then Antonio Gibson, uh, another guy from uh, Memphis, Memphis. who, yeah. yeah, I mean, just keeps mass producing these type of players but uh you know six foot two 220 pounds but he's really a running back more so than a receiver uh so a a lot of those kind of guys if you want to wait past the second round because i think that's a little rich uh but you know bowden in the third or fourth round high tower maybe on day three sometime Uh, a lot of different options there um landon this next one from carl and i like this one uh, let's talk about some draft probabilities for the rest of the NFC East. Who are some guys that you don't want to see go to the Giants, Eagles, Redskins? We'll just kind of do these rapid fire. Let's start with the Giants. Uh, Giants hold pick number three, number number four. Who don't you want to see them get at number four? I mean, all the all those people that they're gonna get. <laughs> like, uh, I mean, I, I don't want to see them get them worse. I don't want them to see them getting. Uh, Derek Brown. I don't want to see them getting. A... I'd rather have him get Derek Brown than one of the offensive linemen. To be honest, mm, they've okay. already had versions of Derek Brown, right? They have Leonard Williams. They have Dalvin Tomlinson. Uh, they took what Dexter Lawrence in the first round last year. I, I would rather have them do that than build up their offensive line. God, those guys are not. I mean, those guys can't even touch Derek Brown. Give me a break. Uh, okay, <laughs> but but no, I, I I agree. I mean, I, I guess I, I I as far as like you know completing a part of their roster that you worry about. Uh, yeah, off offensive line. I mean, that I I think offensive line is where they're going to go. So uh, I, I hope not. Worth. I'd rather see them get Isaiah Simmons. Honestly, I'd rather see them take Simmons. Oh, I definitely, I would lineman. definitely have no problem with them taking Isaiah Simmons because I have zero doubts that they will not know how to use him. Like absolutely Correct. not. So yeah, I don't have a problem with they take Simmons because they will screw that up. Um, All right, uh, Redskins. Um, I, I just don't want them to trade down because if they trade out of that number two spot, it may, likely means they get a haul. Right? They're probably getting multiple first round picks. I don't want to see them do that. I'd rather just have them stay in there and take Chase Young. Yeah, I mean, uh, I would say that. I mean, I hate, I hate, I hate even looking at this. Uh, yeah, Chase Young. I mean, adding Chase Young to that defense is not something that I'm, I'm thrilled about. No. But yeah, I, I think I probably would prefer that than if they were to decide to do the right thing and draft Tua, right? 
uh, yeah. The, the, well, I guess I I love Tua, but I also like Dwayne Haskins last year. I don't think he I, he had a better season than what he I think he's getting credit for. But I think Tua still should be the picket too, just because I think I think he's a kind of a rare quarterback prospect too. In most years, is the number one pick, but because of an injury, because of Joe Burrow's season, he could fall a little bit, and that, that's kind of scary to me. Yeah, I mean it. It could happen, and, and I don't. I don't like thinking about that, but I, no. I think that I would be surprised if Washington did the right thing there. All right, um, last one, Philadelphia. They pick in the middle of the first round, I think pick number 22. Uh, I have a feeling they're going to be really aggressive in this draft, especially going after a receiver. Uh, I, I'm a little bit nervous of them getting like a CD lamb, trying to go up and maybe get somebody like that. Uh, I could even see them trying to go up and get someone like Henry Ruggs to just add more speed to their offense. Who are you afraid of them drafting? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you named it. Uh, adding C.D. Lamb or, or uh, you know, Ruggs or Judy, really, any of those guys would not be great. I mean, the the one saving grace is that they've they've got Carson Wentz and they've got no uh, uh, wide receivers. <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah. I, any Carson Wentz shade you can throw on this podcast. Oh, any, any time. I mean, I, I, like any opportunity I can to mention that he once got locked in a, uh, a gas station bathroom and he couldn't get out by himself and he forgot his cell phone, uh, I'll bring it up uh, any time. I'll just <laughs> randomly pop it into a podcast. Uh, uh, but, no, I think oh, – I think <laughs> I think uh, I think – yeah, getting getting wide receivers, you know, not not just continuing to allow Peterson to rotate in the uh, the hodgepodge of guys that they think are good wide receivers uh, through that through that uh, group. I think I don't want to disrupt that. I want them to continue to go with the uh, used up Alshon Jeffrey and the uh, you know can't catch a pass. Uh, 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 What's his name uh, from USC? Uh, sort of the, <laughs> what? Aguilar. Aguilar. He's, uh, he's yeah. with the Raiders now. Yeah, he's with the Raiders now. So you got to deal with him. I, I, I would really rather terrific. them continue to cycle through uh, C team wide receivers uh, than to try to actually go out and make a dent. I agree. Um, last question, Landon, before we leave. Uh, how tempted would you be to draft an offensive tackle if only two were gone by pick 17? Let's say for this example, it's Willis and Becton off the board. Um, how tempted would you be drafted to to take Worfs if he was still there? Uh, man. Uh, I, I think you you have to take a hard look at it for sure. I mean, yeah. My guess is you'll have people coming up. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I can't imagine that if that's the case that you don't have people coming up for a trade of some sort. Yeah, but I, I think you have to take a hard look. I mean, just because of. Where's Tyron Smith is, and you know, opportunity to get a guy like this again. I think it's it's something that you, you'd have to take a hard look at your roster. And these are the kind of hard conversations that the front offices have before these drafts. Like, hey, what happens if this you know, you know, good thing happens, and we have to make a hard decision? You know, I think that's where teams yeah. really, really struggle if they don't practice. Is they get given a golden gift. And because of their love of the current roster, they don't accept the gift. And uh, I, I think that's you know all part of the many many mock draft scenarios that they will run through before draft day. I think there's a better chance five offensive linemen are off the board before Dallas picks than two. Yeah, I feel really good that it's four 
would not be shocked if if another one sneaks up. Then the co- the quarterbacks to that me, like I yeah. think, are the ones that are likely to fall. Like I, I mean, I think that people are overestimating. If, if if I would not be surprised if one of those guys, like Herbert or someone, you know, because of the way that the quarterback free agency yeah, market I, I has shifted out, that yep. that one of those guys could fall. That would that would not yeah, surprise it won't me. It, it won't surprise me if Love is there for Dallas yep. at seventeen. Yep. And inevitably, we'll have people on Twitter saying, "Should the Cowboys take Jordan?" Yeah, of course. And, no. I can't wait. All right, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Locked on Cowboys, and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you next time.